Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello? Oh, check yourself. Okay. We're here. What's up? What's up with you? <laughs> What's up with you? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just, mm. just here with my guys. Not a big deal. Just hanging. Jonah, Stephen, and Brad. Yeah, man. No big deal. <clears throat> um, yeah. Was, yeah. That's it. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up? Who's on? How you guys doing? Everything good? Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen you in these parts. It, ha- it, ha- it has been a while. Um, uh, uh, for those of you playing the home game, I've been sequestered out in Jersey for a while, and we haven't been able to get the, the Skyping FaceTime version of the podcast happening, but we're working on it. But I'm here now. So we get a couple podcasts with me and Jonah. A couple with Jonah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple with me. Couple One with, with Jonah and, and Benny. That was good. We've had some delightful guest hosts. Yes. I mean, Benny, uh, let's just face facts. Benny Horowitz is part of going off track. It just, yeah. it just is. Benny is the man. He has a he has a lasting invitation. And I think he likes doing it or pretends he likes doing it. If he pretends, he's pretending very well. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, Benny's been helping out. We have some other cool people lined up maybe. But today on the podcast, our guest is Garrett Klon from Texas A Reason. Mm-hmm. It is. Now, yeah. Now, Garrett was here at Rubber Tracks a while ago with Norman Brennan doing, and we did kind of a, a fun Q&A between them and some, like, Texas fans where we read questions oh, to yeah, them, kind of an like interview-style thing. thing. Some video, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was there for that, but not for this interview with Garrett. I wish I was. Stephen was not here, but, yeah, Benny was here from Gaslight Anthem, and, yeah, and we talked, uh, yeah, a lot about Copper, a lot about Texas, a lot about Texas's breakup initial breakup which was stuff that i didn't know a lot of this stuff oh so it was cool and garrett recently announced that he signed to rise records uh as a solo artist which is awesome and he talks about the record and uh yeah now we can announce it's on rise which is really cool yeah man same level as hot water music and teenage bottle rocket and the jealous sound one of my favorites um and he's got a new song that you can check out he's got a one song seven inch called what's that brad i don't care at all yeah and uh, and then he's got an album coming out on Rise, so I'm sure it's awesome. Garrett's been in like 10,000 bands; they're all good. And <laughs> let's shut up and let him talk. So here is Garrett from Texas is a reason. It's going on Hi, Jonah. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. Today I am joined by Benny Horowitz from the Gaslight Anthem and our guest. Garrett Klon from Texas is a Reason. Among other, a slew of other Among failed projects. Among a slew of other projects. A slew of let's, let's list them. Did list you say them failed? <laughs> list them. Okay. Um, my first band was a proper upstate New York Buffalo hardcore band called Support. And I auditioned for the band in 11th grade. I wrote a song called Support. <laughs> Uh, the chorus was, I was just looking for your support. Noticing a theme. <laughs> There's a theme. Uh, they were called, the band themselves were called Split Decision at the time. Not called The Support. <laughs> no, but I changed that quick. Uh, uh, I was like, hey, the song's called Support. The band's called Support. <laughs> it would have been, it should have been like Support and the Supporting Band. That's a great idea. However, I was 17. You don't, you don't think like that at 17. That's true. <laughs> so, Support, first support, band. Support, first band. Okay. That kind of morphed into three other bands. Um, Evergreen, 
mm. Blend, and oh, two other bands. That was just those two. Then um, this was in Buffalo. This is all in Buffalo. Okay. This is before I I moved away the first time, um, and then <clears throat> I moved down to Indianapolis for a minute with the Split Lip Boys. <clears throat> And uh, when I came back to Buffalo, I we started a band called Copper, and I played bass in Copper. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got kicked out of Copper <laughs> by my best friend, Joe Luca, if you're listening. I still love you, buddy. Uh, and the next day, I, I moved to New York. And like I met Norm, and it all kind of, you know, it really snowballed from after they kicked me out of Copper. So my best friend, Joe to this day still says copper is the reason it wasn't texas <laughs> copper is the reason because he kicked my ass out how did you meet norm um i used to book shows in buffalo um um and um my mother worked like three jobs so she was never home so by default even at the shows that i wasn't booking uh, by default, a lot of the bands ended up staying at my house just because my mom was always out of town or working. Um, and I met Daly and Norman separately that way. Um, Resurrection came through. They stayed at my house. That's why I met Daly. And you weren't doing the shows. You were just putting up the band? No, I did the show. I did. Oh, okay. res- it, was, um, it was a big one. It was uh, Shelter, Shelter 108, Railhead. Remember Railhead, yeah, yeah. Resurrection, and of course Support. <laughs> and Support. Of course we were on the... Got we could have worked in that support band. Yeah, yeah. And changed yeah. there, but Listen, we didn't think that far ahead. That was half the reason to do shows back then. Was just <laughs> throw, your, band throw your band on. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I, yeah, I met... That's how I met most of... Mo- I mean, a good chunk of my friends, like in, you know, the little world that we all inhabit. Um, I met basic, a lot of them slept on my mother's floor. Uh, the guys in Sensefield, um, uh, Iceburn, the Endpoint guys, um, the Split Boys. Uh, I met Ray, that, Ray Capo that way, Vic Takara that way. I mean, it's just a, Buffalo, we were really lucky in the sense it, it wasn't a, a destination city at the time, but it was on the way to a bunch of different places. There's I know you guys both on. know how that goes. Yeah, on. there was a lot going on in, in those days. You guys, yeah, there was a real scene. Yeah, It makes a lot more sense now that you're saying it, too, because I remember when Texas first came out, it was like, it's not like Texas was ever like this tiny little band, like from the get. Like there yeah. was something about Texas. Like there was the thing with Rev and yeah. and like the EP and all that, like right at first. And it makes a lot more sense that... Because, you know, it was always funny. It's funny hearing this story because it's one of the, uh, you know, I don't know if it was Texas's first show, but it was one of the first shows at the the Unitarian Church in Chatham. Oh, yeah. With Snapcase, Bloodlet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ignite, I believe, was on that show. And, uh, and, you know, the funny thing, there was a famous flyer for that show. And it said, Texas is a reason. No one knew what the fuck that was. <laughs> but it said, X, Shelter, Copper, Fountainhead, um, resurrection. resurrection, and maybe one other band. Throw another one in there. Who I cares? Forget. And everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is it? Because this is like pre, like, uh, it was pre, you know, celebrity get together bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a kid like me, you guys were fucking celebrities. You know well, what they I mean? Were to, I mean, they were to me too. I mean, whatever copper didn't make that much noise back like at at the moment maybe the record sold a little bit after we broke up but nobody ever came to our shows and we never really toured but it was somewhat similar for me too because of course i knew who shelter was of course i knew who resurrection was and i kind of knew who fountainhead was i love you scotty (laughs) uh but you know they those guys were in my head that was like when i first met scott norm and daily even though daily is from jersey you know like they were that, that when i thought of like new york hardcore and like the lower east side and brownies and all that stuff like I thought of those three guys right. and they were already kind of superstars in their own right, you know, mm-hmm. whether they want to admit it or not. And uh, did you sing at all in copper or was Texas the first time you really? Like, well, no, I was the singer in support. In support. I just okay. sang with a microphone. I screamed a lot. Uh, and the other bands that kind of came after support was just, I was just a singer. When I start, when Texas started, I couldn't, I played bass in copper, but I used that term very loosely at the time. <laughs> I just kind of plucked, but, uh, 
when Texas started, I didn't, I couldn't play guitar. I just sang. Like the oh, EP really? was pretty much written. Well, it was all written in Daly's basement in Long Long Valley, but uh, that was all written pretty much with me just singing. As they were, when we got farther along, we got made it to the studio. I was, you know, fumbling around on guitar. But, um, getting there, getting there. Yeah. Fake until you make it. Right? Exactly. I'm still faking it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did how did you meet Scott? Sc- Scoots. Scoots. Uh, excuse me. I met Scott. Well, when I came. The connection with Norman, it's a long, detailed story. I don't know if we have time to get into it. Uh, it involves a girl. I was going to see a girl in Baltimore. The short version is I was going to see a girl in Baltimore who I thought was still my girlfriend. I got there. She wasn't my girlfriend. So I called Norm. I was like, I'm going back to Buffalo, but I'm going to pass through Penn Station. Do you want to you know, get a coffee or something? Because um, Norman had been living at the Equal Vision loft and Copper was on Equal Vision and um, when I called Equal Vision to tell them that Copper had kicked me out, Norman famously jumped on the phone when Steve Reddy was on the phone with me. And, he's, and Norman was like, hey, uh, move to New York. You know, we're kind of starting a band. You know, you should come to New York. And I considered it for a minute, but I was in love with this girl. And I was like, no, I'll just go to Baltimore and check her out and see what's going on. But, you know, she had other plans. So I called Norman from a payphone. And he met me at Penn Station. And then we walked. I think we walked all the way down to Angelica, where Scott was working. Mm. And Scott got us tempeh sandwiches, carrot juice. <laughs> and then I proceeded to live on tempeh sandwiches and carrot juice for the next 10 years. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. Do you think in like sort of a weird, serendipitous way, like if Norm didn't like pop on the phone randomly that day, you might have never even thought to like go there? That's a really good question. I don't know. I think... I think I would have ended up in New York just by default. Uh, there's a big gravitational pull with, I mean, with New York in general, but especially from Buffalo, a lot of people, that, that's a big time migration for people up there. Um, I think I would have ultimately made it down here, but you never know, you know. Right. I, it's a really good question, and I've honestly never thought about it. Um, had she not moved, yeah. had that chick not moved on? Or had on, you still had a girlfriend in Baltimore? Yeah, I, I mean, the plan was to move to Baltimore. She was right. going to school at Micah and... Um, I was, you know, that was the plan to, to move to Baltimore. And then you made it, you might've been a crab fisherman instead. You it's never true. know. Big I mean, beard, you know, hanging out at the docks. Still eat healthy like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Norman just recently got some pretty sick ink. I know. I'm very impressed. Me too. I'm excited Have to see him this? tonight. No. Norm was, was like posted a photo on Instagram a couple of days ago of just his arm. He's like, this is the last time you're going to just see my arm like this. <laughs> and then the next photo is like this a crazy dragon sleeve. Really? Yeah. So tonight, if you're all going to St. Vitus, yeah. give oh, yeah. a nice good hard slap yeah, on yeah, left yeah. shoulder. <laughs> hey, Norman. <laughs> you went for it. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, you know, and I don't know how many Copper fans there are out there these days. I mean, oh, there's some. Um, I was a big fan of copper. Really? I had, yeah, I had the one seven inch. Was it the only seven inch or was there more than one? There was the brown seven inch and then the LP. The brown seven inch. Yeah. I loved. Yeah. I like spun the shit out of it yeah. all the drag time. Drag queen was on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Drag queen. That was yeah. the jam. Yeah. That song wound up on like a lot of mixtapes for me. <laughs> and stuff. I was, I was a sucker for two things in those days. I was a sucker for aggressive music with female vocals. Yep. Or a guy singing about Hare Krishna for some fucking reason. <laughs> I have no idea what they were saying, why they were saying it, Just into but it. I liked it, Yeah, and I was into it. And so I was a Copper fan, for sure. And, like, um, what what happened in Copper, like, for you? Was there, like, a fight, or was there... Uh, you know, honestly, it was so long ago, I, I, and we were... It was, it was a lifetime ago. Um, I... I think that it was definitely something with Megan, the singer. There was something going on there with a couple other members of the band. And uh, I remember being called really, I remember them calling me really bossy, (laughs) Uh, which I guess maybe it was me just kind of starting to come out of the shell a little bit and being like, you know, I want to be in the middle of the stage. I want to be up there. Right. Maybe that's when, you know, the ego kicked in a little bit for me. But I just remember Megan and Joe, they came over to my apartment and they're just like, mm, we're not going to have you in the band anymore. And uh, I remember being not really being phased by it. I was just like, okay. Yeah. No problem. Uh, 
But uh, they kept going. I think they got a new bass player. I don't think they released anything else. You know, things seemed to go downhill as soon as I left, actually. (laughs) Maybe they needed a boss. (laughs) Maybe they needed somebody to be in charge. I don't know. I randomly, like, five years after Copper broke up, I, you know, it sucks. For the sake of the story, I can't remember it. But somebody who was living in, like, Long Island or somewhere in New York City had something to do with Copper getting back together. And I guess Megan was maybe living down here or something. And someone actually called me about playing drums for Copper. Really? Yeah, this is real. And what was, a strange little connection. Me, I'm like... You were stoked? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, absolutely. Whatever I got to do, don't give a fuck. I even had, like, a phone conversation with Megan. I guess she was, like, vetting me or something really? in a way. Was this pre-Gaslight? Way pre-Gaslight. Okay. Yeah, like, million Interesting. years ago. And, and uh... And I never got more calls. And I apparently, I guess it just never happened. You know? Yeah, I don't think um, it, I, I can't think of a show. It was a weird, it's actually something that I hadn't even thought about in, in <laughs> probably since not long after that, until I remembered I was going to be talking to you today. Yeah, and she, like, me and, well, we became buddies again for a minute. I, we, I mean, we're still in touch. It's pretty rare, but um, she went to FIT for a couple of years and um, after I had moved here. So we became buds, like... She was living in FIT, and at the time, I think I was still living at the Equal Vision Lofts on 23rd Street, so uh, 24th Street. So we hung out quite a bit, but I don't know. She was in another band, too. She went on to do some other things, mm. I think. But, um, yeah, it's an, a little interesting little slice of um, yeah. information there, buddy. Weird, man. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I wish I remember the, the name or function of the guy who was Was it, it a together. band member? He was a new band member. Steve Mack? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Sam Falbo, Joe Luca, or Tim Turcott. That's the band. None of those names nah, are familiar to me. Maybe they had some... Maybe know, that's like when... It, like, I remember seeing, like, Shelter on Warp Tour one year, and it being just, like, Ray and just, like, a bunch hired of Hired guns. Guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, maybe it was, like, that in kind of... In flowing robes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that... I saw Shelter in Sweden, like, two summers ago. They came out for one show. <laughs> Like, literally, I've flown out to a Swedish festival for one show. It was Ray Purcell and then, you know, three real young guys who clearly weren't alive when Shelter started. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they were playing. I guess I was the only fan there who wanted old Shelter. So, you know, like, they were playing to a pretty sparse crowd. So I walked down. I'm, like, right in the middle of the pit trying to hang out with some Swedes and get busy, (laughs) you know. But, like... There was a <clears throat> there's a disconnect, and actually Ray got on the mic and was like, you know, he's like, when we started doing bands like this, you know, Youth of Today and Shelter, like, he's like, it wasn't how I sounded, it was what I was saying that was important. And he's like, now you wind up on giant festival stages in Sweden 20 years later, and people just want to hear how you sound, and they have no idea what I'm saying. So this is a little bit of a weird thing, you know? Uh, Do you ever get that? You just went to Europe, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I did, like, a month and a half over there. Like, do you do you find that, um, you know, especially now, like, a lot of your stuff is, is really lyrically, you know, it's, it's a very big part of what you do. Do oh, you yeah. feel like sometimes you go there and... Um, they don't maybe exactly get the context of the song and stuff like that, or does it matter to you either oh, way? Oh, it definitely matters to me. But I, I like the the way I've been doing it. Like uh, the last couple of years, I've gone to Europe like, you, two times a year for the past like four or five years. Um, at the beginning, it was with Atlantic Pacific, but then uh, I've been going alone. I've gone. Uh, I think this past summer was my sixth sixth uh, solo tour over there. So I do, I play everything. I play, you know, all of my own stuff and I play as many Texas songs as I can, mm. uh, a bunch of Soleil stuff. It just pretty much, you know, I, I'm i not that dim to where I think everybody just wants to hear my solo stuff. So, you know, <laughs> and plus I just, I still love playing all everything else. Sure. But the way I play them, well, I guess it, I'll just, you know, zero in on the Texas stuff. The way I play the Texas stuff, I didn't rewrite the music. I changed it up a bit because it's, it's just impossible, you know, you can't play it the same way without Norman, mm. you know, um, and, it's, and on an acoustic guitar. But a lot of them are not slowed down, but, you know, they're they're pretty vibed out, and the lyrics are just straight up, they're fucking out there now, you know, mm. like before they were buried under Scott, Daly, and Norman, right. but now they're all out there. So I, and I know people can, even with the language barrier, I feel like people still 
make a, a good connection. I think there, I've, people have told me over the last couple of years that they're just now, like people who are our age and have been into the band for however long, um, they're just now realizing or, you know, figuring out what the fuck I was saying 20 years ago mm. on those Texas records because, number one, I sound like a chipmunk on the record. I was 19. But number two, it was fast and loud and, you know, I'm screaming my head off. But, you know, it's... I, I, I feel like pe people are be able to hear what I was talking about back then, mm. you know? Um, so, yeah, I feel... Uh, people have told me that, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I bought the record, you know, however many years ago and i never knew what you were saying in this song but he's like now i know what you were saying in this song he's like you were a depressed little 19 year old shit weren't you <laughs> <laughs> what's it like for you to like whatever 20 years later to sing that i mean does that feel like a different person or does it still feel like you or does it take you back to that place? oh it takes me back as corny as that sounds it's it's like when i like whatever, like in my solo sets, like however I happen to organize the set, like whenever it's like time for the Texas show, so to speak, it's I, it just instantly transports me back to, you know, where I wrote the songs, like how I wrote them, how the song title came up. Um, and it's not like I haven't been, I mean, most of the Texas songs, you know, when I sit down with the guitar, that's, they're the first things that I noodle with, you know? I'm mm -hmm. sure you guys you have the same thing, you know? You just, you, there's a couple songs that you always end up fucking around with when you pick up a guitar. and Your sound check song. Yeah. You're checking an amp lick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to check yeah. an amp lick. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's eruption, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll, dude. That's just me, though. But yeah, it's like, it's... The tech, they're just, they're like, I honestly feel like they're just an extension of my hands and my voice now is cheesy kind of as that sounds it's like i can't think of playing a show anywhere in any setting in any country in front of 10 people or in front of 100 people i couldn't dream of not playing you know seven texas songs mm. you know like i just i can't think that way i've just i've never not done that you know they've always been there it's cool though and i mean so many people <clears throat> like you know i'm always the type of music fan i'm actually a shitty music fan I don't follow people's careers and I don't follow mm. bands. I just fall in love with records yeah. and I continue to love the same record forever. Yeah, like I'm kind of like that. Sense. And I'll still listen to Texas records like uh -huh. often and without irony, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like totally like that. And um, can we use that as a quote on our Facebook page? <laughs> I still listen to it often, often without irony. Dot, dot, dot. And without irony. Needs the ellipses, though. Yeah, necessary. yeah. Totally necessary. Or else I'll sound like a total cop. <laughs> if you have no ellipses. Uh, but, uh, like, yeah, I mean, those songs, I got to imagine I wasn't just the only one. And those songs got to resonate with people everywhere. I mean,. They're, they were they're really important songs to people, you know? Yeah. And for the time, that stuff was like, you know, it's not like no one had ever done emotional stuff with like this. But there was something about Texas that was like a little different at that time. And that's when that Rev thing really like took shape of those bands and everyone. Yeah. It was like a scene that came out of that, like a whole scene. Yeah, but uh, kind of like a, a an, it just like you said, it really just... Yeah, kind of fell into place. It was really, it was a beautiful time, you know. It, it really it, was. It, it's there was, you know, we blinked and we were had been on tour for six months, you mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, now I spend six months planning a two week tour. <laughs> right, you know, right. it's so strange how shit works out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did yeah. you and you recently? We were talking about how you recently moved out of New York. Did you? Th I actually thought you were living in Europe for a while. Just through like Instagram, basically. Yeah. Did you think about like relocating there? What What did you like about it so much, or what's? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I was at like some like cool looking chateau or something. I've lucked out, man. Like over, like starting with Atlantic Pacific. Like we, I, I ended up hooking up with a, a, just a cluster of really cool. I just use their their eight their booking agents, but they're way more my friends than they are anything. But you know they they pay the bills by you know booking shows, and um, I really wanted to try and do something really different with Atlantic Pacific. You know, I wanted to do it. I wanted it to be a really kind of grassroots, uh, you know, uh, vibey experience thing. Um, and so, like, I made a point of you know not playing you know the you know the 
whatever random shithole clubs, you know, like I really wanted to try and play different kinds of venues. And I, I, I've stuck with that over the, the years. And in Europe, I, I don't know what it is about what it is about over there. It's like the it's going to a show. Um, watching the opening band, watching the headliner, not having your phone out, buying the merch, hanging out talking with the band like that is still a viable physical tangible thing that goes on there like yeah. there's still cl- I, mean, I know you can talk about it. i know you guys b- can both agree with this it's like it's still a thing where if the ticket's too expensive or they, you know these kids don't have a lot of money they'll group together they'll send one person into the show and that person will buy t-shirts and seven inches and everything for everybody and come back and report about the show it's like it's they just do things differently over there and they always have and and it's easier to tour in Europe. I mean, you can. I've perfected the art of not spending a dime yeah. on tour. You know, the cheap hotel breakfast, the crappy venue lunch, and then a buyout dinner. It's like I could I could do that for six months. You know, mm-hmm. and I've pretty much done that. Um, but the you know, in Europe, they just. I don't know. Believe me, I would love to tour the states. You know, three months at a time. I would absolutely love it, but. It just doesn't. It's not worked out that way. But hopefully, now that I have this record coming out, and uh, hopefully that's going to happen again, I would really love to spend some serious time in a van here <laughs> for once. You know, because yeah. Texas, we didn't really even on this last run, like we didn't spend that much time here. You know, it was a handful of shows. Um, if it was up to me, we'd still be on tour. But you know, um, that's just how Texas works. It's definitely so you you're finishing a record now yeah okay how have you been working on it for a while yeah about 15 years <laughs> no shit i mean so there's some songs on it that are, that oh, yeah. are really from that oh yeah that time. yeah, yeah. Cool. shit that i've had for a really long time and if i'm being out the old dictaphone demos and stuff oh yeah or? i actually just did a big <laughs> big purge uh, like on my iphone memos like a big one and i found one song on there that i f- had forgotten about so i will have an 11 song album oh, i thought nice. it was going to be a tenor but it's going to be 11 <laughs> uh but this this session that i'm currently ba- i'm in the middle of it now i'm just down here working for the month but um this is probably the sixth the sixth time i've started this record wow. and like in varying degrees like uh some just started with you know scratch guitar tracks and ended there but the last one i you know it was almost to the mixing stage and i pulled the plug on it really it was just you know it just wasn't right it just wasn't feeling confident <laughs> it just about wasn't it right you know like it just didn't feel like me <clears throat> and uh but i think moving home moving back to buffalo after all these years and reconnecting with my my family there and like my 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 group of friends that are still in buffalo <clears throat> it definitely invigorated me cuz you know I, I moved back right after i got home from europe in this uh, in july and you know i went right into the studio and you know i i got a lot done like in the first 2 weeks like a lot and um i'm doing it with a friend of mine who owns a studio he was the bass player in solea he was one of God, one of the six bass players we had. <laughs> he's one of my dearest friends in the world. And he's got this beautiful setup, this beautiful studio in Buffalo. And he's got like a Muscle Shoals house band thing going on. Again, group of people oh, all cool. from Buffalo that I know. Um, it's a house band, drummer, organ, bass, guitar. Uh, we do it all live, you know, cool. all looking at each other. You know, it's, it's a good thing. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited for the record to come out. That sounds really cool. Really, really vibey and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, it, it is. It's uh, it's taken a long time to get to where it is. Sure. Yeah. You gotta, you know, when you make those directions, right? You have to like almost, you know, I feel like you almost have to learn how to be somebody else. Yeah. You know, when you, I, I always find bands presumptuous who are just like, I'm gonna make this angle this hard right angle in my career yeah. and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to write a song like this now. And they have this presumption that I'm going to decide to tackle an entire different type of music and be as good as everybody who's done it forever. Yeah. The first time I try. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you know? So like, I, I do feel like that's, it, it's a more honest way to do it. 
I think when you when you take that time, especially when you make those those changes in direction. Yeah. Like, do you think maybe you needed all these years in between things to even maybe like progress to the point where you could do a record like this? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Especially in the last five, the last five years have been. I mean, without a doubt, the most, you know, beautiful and frightening years of my entire life. Like I've had some of the biggest ups and some of the biggest downs I've ever experienced. Uh, and there's no doubt that, you know, that the record is just fucking dripping with what's gone on in my life. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, just you, you know, how much life plays a role in this stuff yeah you know uh it was weird with texas because it was like we were living this i don't know it was kind of in like that weird dream state where you know we didn't have to write new songs we knew people were going to come to the shows you know it's like when you take those i i felt like those are the two big things those are like kind of the two big things on one's shoulders you know like when you're making music it's like are people gonna come to this show and we need to write more songs. Mm -hmm. With Texas, we didn't have to think about that. So, so in one sense, it made it very easy and very enjoyable. But it was just all fun, you know? Right. Like, there there wasn't a lot of work involved, you know? Yeah. Um, but, it, it, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't explain enough how just how much, like, the last five years have changed everything mm. for me especially now that i'm i just turned 40 today it's it's such a strange oh yeah i had to take this long to bring that I up know, right I know. we're the worst because we said happy birthday before <laughs> we were taping and then but happy birthday yeah, 40th happy birthday. birthday thank you for coming by that's Sorry, so it's like no, no 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 it's 28 my minutes to wish you a happy birthday <laughs> i swear we did it off the mic as soon as i walked yeah, in they did i promise but it's like it's you know being back here <laughs> In New York, like this week, being here this week, you know, I chose to come down for this month to work. Uh, being here and like my birthday and like it's official, like I spent half of my life here. You know, I spent half of my life in New York City. It's mm -hmm. it's a fucking trip. Yeah. You know, it's a, and it's a weird now that I'm down here for a month working, it's. And I'm also staying in my old apartment that I just moved out of, <laughs> which is very strange because it's like I'll wake up and be like, wait, where do I live? Like I'm in my I'm in my old apartment, but I'm in New York, but I ha I live in Buffalo now. Right. Wait, do I live in Buffalo? Because <laughs> I'm in my apartment now. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. Um, it's, yeah, it's very. I mean, at least you stayed in New York. Yeah, technically. Yeah, I think I'm. A, I think I'm on a permanent East Coaster. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I could go anywhere else. Yeah, I'd love to think that I could live, you know, in a camper on Malibu Beach or something crazy like that. But I just, you know, I'm from Buffalo. I have black snow running through my veins. You know, I I'm used you. to eight month winters. You know, just I feel the same thing. I, I always uh, talk to myself, being like, "Man, it'd be nice to live there. It'd be yeah. nice to live there." And then, like, I get there and I look around. And I'm like. I don't know you know <laughs> like i just spent six weeks in nashville and like i got down there and i had my own little like my own little spot down there mm. and i live with like my girl my dog and got a million things i yeah. got my own little spot down there you know i'm on my own schedule i'm chilling it's nice it's pretty it's so quiet down yeah. there people are nice first few weeks i'm like mad harmonious you know what i mean i'm just feeling like like whatever me and my guitar player we smoke so much weed when we're recording and like we're just chilling and then like i'm like a month in i'm just like ah, i don't know about nashville i'm like because you know I'm, I'm starting to pick up on this like you know this underlying judginess that the Bible Belt has, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, on the yeah. surface, they got to be nice to you because that's part of the rules. Yeah. But there's this, like, sort of uh, blatant disregard to get any deeper than the surface. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they don't want to get back there. <laughs> they see a guy with long hair wearing all black. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just like I reserve my judgments on their little khaki shorts yeah. and their pink polos. 
they reserve judgment on me for the way I am. And, and I did feel like this weird disconnect. And like, right when I got back home, I was like, I felt like I just settled right in again. Like yeah. I'm on a train with like four Pakistani guys and a, yeah. and a homie and working dudes and like all this stuff. And I'm like, no one cares anymore. Yeah. Like no one yeah. cares what shirt I put on this morning yeah. because I don't care. Yeah. And then I kind of like that anonymity almost sometimes of being around there. Yeah. But then there's that other side where just, you know, people are a little harsh yep. out here. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I find, like, people from Buffalo, now, now stop me if I'm not correct, but I would sense people from Buffalo are, like, I would say friendlier than someone from New York City. But I don't think they, like, suffer fools lightly. No, no, no. There's no shit to be taken yeah. from Buffalonians. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The winter is just, you know, they harden you. Right. You know, whether you want it to happen or not. But there's definitely a big, there's a sleepy vibe to Buffalo. You know, sure. there's, and, and I mean, I live basically downtown, um, not too far from the town ballroom where you guys are playing, actually. Um, and it's right near the university. It's right near downtown proper. It's still manic downtown. But compared to, you know, here, it's very sleepy. Sure. But there is no shit to be taken by anybody in Buffalo. Everyone's just listening to Slugfest and just... Constant. (laughs) They have the Slugfest blunt t-shirts. Everybody has to wear those on Thursdays. Yeah. I went to the Slugfest reunion show at at the show place. Oh my when god! I was like They're reopening school. that place. They're really? refurbishing and reopening that. That's, That's what awesome. the rumor is. I used to always go there, and then there was a club, kind of like a smaller place, Mohawk, maybe Mohawk, which mm. recently go- closed and is did. opening, reopening on Saturday. Oh, I would yeah. go see like Floor Punch there. Yeah, or, like, despair. Um, I'm buddies. Or one oh, of my I love good, despair. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my good friends is Keith Buckley from Every Time yeah, I yeah. Die. Um, when they played Warped, uh, they played the uh, da- they played an amusement park uh, in, in, in near Buffalo called Darien Lake. That's where the Warped tour happened, and because they're from Buffalo, uh, they get pretty special treatment when the when Warp comes through Buffalo. So they give every time I die, pretty much like you know a soccer field size carte blanche there. Basically, yeah. But Keith's dad, um, kind of going off on a weird tangent, but anyway, Keith Buckley's dad. I'm is, curious about the Buckley's father. Me actually, too. That, that's. This he brings. I can't. I'm not going to say too much because I. Yeah, I don't know the family that well. I'm just. I'm tight with Keith. But one thing I did hear about for a couple of weeks leading up to Warped, and then I saw in action once I got to the site, is every year when the Warp tour comes through Buffalo, and every time I die is of course headlining it. Uh, Keith's dad makes his signature chicken wings yes. for every band yes. and gives them away for free. And he's got these like, you know, industrial size vats, you know, like three of them. And it's just like, there's a line of, you know, tattooed freaks, yes. you know, just waiting. But Keith's family's huge. It's like, there's dogs running around and naked babies and Keith's <laughs> wife is over there. And, you know, like all the band members are coming through. Uh, but what I was getting at is... Uh, what's Vogel's new band? Uh, Buried Alive. Terror. Or Terror. 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 Sorry, I'm so stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Terror for like 10 years. <laughs> they were playing, they were also playing the Warp Tour spot, uh, date in Buffalo. And I hadn't, I haven't seen Scott since he was in Slugfest. It's been that wow. long. Like, I literally haven't seen him. And I told Keith, I was like, you fucking bring him over here right now. Or get him off that bus and bring him <laughs> over here right now. But it rained and like a thunderstorm came through. So like we all got separated and I still didn't get to see him. Wow. It breaks my heart because like I, you know, back in the day, you know, like I would go to see them practice, you know, like yeah, that totally. was what we would do. We'd go hang out and watch them pound beers and just be like, oh, wow, man, they're <laughs> drunk, man. And, you know, everybody had this Slugfest Blunt t-shirts and they were, they were, they were fucking. They were a big deal in Buffalo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Big big deal. They played a lot of big shows. Despair is pretty pretty big deal too. Were they? Yeah, they it was after around. I left, so oh, like I kind of got disconnected yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I remember you know of course seeing and reading about Despair. I almost got um, suspended from school because of a Despair hoodie. Really? What did it yeah, say? On it, it said, um, "I hope, I hope you, you fucking drown in, in your pattern, pattern life. life." I remember that. <laughs> and uh, what do you think he was trying to say with that lyric? Though? I don't know. It's. Um, 
I thought he was going very Eastern. It's a very it's Buffalo good. saying, actually. Guy Vogel, you know, I, I actually hang out with that guy every time I see him. Really? Because I'm like, listen, remember me when I was 15? I booked your band. Let me hang out with you. <laughs> Basically, that's like Next my time vibe. you see him, t- please give him a hug for me. And that guy does not mince words. No. So the fact that that quote came from him. Is perfect. Actually, the fact so, so, that I know Scott from back in the day gives Gaslight so much credit because, like, there's like we play at a festival with them, and there's two, three guys from Terror on the side of the stage, arms crossed, Scott singing along. Really? I'm like, yo, you made it. <laughs> like, wait, so, so wait, take me through this. You wear the hoodie to school. Yeah, you know that something's gonna of happen. Of course, like, of course. Yeah, I did this shit. All and like I was too. not. You know, I have a feeling you were like me. Like, I was not a bad kid. Right. Like, I didn't steal. I didn't fight. You know, I actually even got along with most of my teachers. They thought I was a shit talker, but that was about it. So, I wasn't a bad kid. But I like to stir the pot. (laughs) If I knew consequences wouldn't be that bad. You wear a hoodie to school, what's the worst (laughs) that can happen? You know, take off the hoodie. Like, do this. So, they pulled the classic move, which was always funny with me and it doesn't work for long with any of my administrators was like what if we call your mom not to get into it calling my mom does nothing especially <laughs> especially for the word fuck you know what i mean so i'd be like yeah do it let's talk to her you know get me on the horn like, and uh i think in that case they actually they let me keep the hoodie on but i had to duct tape okay the, uh, the quote <laughs> the whole quote or just the word fuck the whole quote oh, okay. they were they were serious about that but I, i've had a few shirt issues in school i had I a did. shirt where it's the kid blowing a bubble on the back and in the bubble it just said blow me <laughs> in huge letters <laughs> definitely got in trouble for that one See, that's a, you know <clears throat> that could be taken so many ways i agree that's... one time uh on texas's first u.s tour yeah with shift shift and game phase we we're being courted by Hollywood Records. Wow. And we, it was our first time in California. And uh, the guy who was kind of, you know, after us at Hollywood gave us all like 30. It was Texas, Shift, Game Face, and every employee at Revelation at the time. Uh-huh. 96, maybe somewhere around there. There's pictures to prove this. Uh, they gave us like 30 passes. Like, you know, VIP, no line passes. But one of the guys at um, Revelation, uh, what was that Stephen Dorff movie? So fucking what? SFW? The wrestling one? Back in the day. Uh, I'm not with you on the Dorff film. Sure. Uh, I think it was Stephen Dorff. I think the name of the movie was So Fucking What, but it was abbreviated to SFW. Okay. It's a very popular movie. Uh, but one of the Revelation guys had it on. It didn't say so fucking what. It said SFW. Disneyland, Disneyland police came and had him put his shirt on inside. Ooh. For saying SFW? Yeah, because it was a popular movie. I'm surprised you guys don't remember it. If Steven was here, he would definitely know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you might be dating yourself a few years here. Yeah. I, I'll, yeah. There's also... I That was actually... the. Can we talk about taking drugs on this show? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was one of the first times I ever took acid um, with at Brand- Dis- At Disney? Oh, yeah. With Brandon Jeez. Patterson, the, Sounds uh, like a good the bass player for Shift at the time. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we took it in... Uh, I think we were coming from Arizona. We, were go- we took it as we saw the Welcome to California sign. Like that. And we went right... It was great for being in Texas because I never had to drive. <laughs> it's awesome. Because they all thought I was on acid the whole fucking band, the whole time the band was together. But... Uh, we took it as we saw the Welcome to California sign. And then we took another tab at when we were in line to get in. And that whole day, oh my God. I have so many like little fragmented memories of that day. But my mother has a picture from that day of me and Mickey Mouse. And she's got it framed on her bedside table. And, you know, God bless her. She's 70. Her, you know, she's an old lady. She's getting up there. But... To anybody who knows what taking acid looks like, you, my my eyes in this picture are just like, <laughs> and it's on my mother's bedside. And every time I go home and have like, you know Sunday dinner with my mom, I always look at it and be like, "Oh God, mom, if you only fucking knew." She didn't know. Oh no, no. Like, I'm not even sure my mother would know what acid was. Oh, okay. I'm not even sure she okay. would know what acid was. She recently f- kind of discovered what pot was. 
Um, what does she call it? The pot? No, it's actually no. She calls it marijuana, but I had left some at her house, uh, and I was like, I was meeting her for lunch downtown. I was like, Mom, could you bring? I called her. I was like, Could you bring that bag for me? Could you bring that bag of marijuana? It's always weird to say the marijuana. I was like, Can you bring that bag of marijuana for me? And she's like, Okay, give me one second. Let me go find it. She goes to find it, and the, she says the cutest thing in the world to me. She's like, Well, do you want me to bring the whole bag, or do you want do you want like a teaspoon worth? <laughs> It's <laughs> like just that's bring the whole awesome. bag. That's <laughs> you awesome. Go ahead and bring the whole thing. I love that she was not averse to this at all. Not at all. She a pretty liberal lady. Or? Um. Yeah, yeah. She is a pretty liberal lady. Yeah, she's pretty laid back. Um, you know, she's very loose, very easygoing. It doesn't really have a problem with anything. And she looked. I mean, I wasn't a bad kid. I didn't really didn't discover drugs until my 20s you know like i dabbled in it a little bit but you know basically when i moved to new york <laughs> is when i really started i never got too crazy with anything but um as a kid you know she never you know i never got busted you know smoking pot or, sure. or drinking or anything i was never a drinker still i'm not really but um yeah she's a cool lady that's she's awesome. got no problems she just recently she's been sick and i've been trying I, I tried to i rolled her a joint and she still has it i rolled her a joint about a year ago and she's she like, oh honey i still have that she's thinking about i still it. have that yeah. i love it <laughs> now the, during you were saying you were getting courted by hollywood at that time was that happening because i know sensefield jumped to a major into another mm. jump to a major mm. was that like were all you guys like getting looked at in those days? Even like you guys in Farside and I mean, I like can't that? really, I can't really comment on anybody else, but because uh, I just don't know. But for sure, they were they were fucking after us, for sure. Like showing up at you know a fifty capacity club in Gainesville, yeah. you know, with Cadillacs, like weird, awkward shit like right. that, like uh, places they shouldn't have been, mm-hmm. you know. But. We know we definitely took advantage of it. I mean, yeah, Kim's record, you know, Got CD sales, and... Kim CDs. That place kept me f- and the band fed for you know a good two years. Like the whole, the, basically the whole. I mean, the band was only together for two and a half years. Right. You know, we were. It kept us alive. You know, it was. You know, who are we having lunch with today? Like I'm broke. Who are we having lunch with today? Yeah, you know, throw yeah. out a fucking throw a bone out and see who wants to take us to lunch. And you guys were never interested in making the jump, or we almost did. I mean, we we picked capital. We picked Steve Patch, who was going to sign us. He signed Ida. You know, he's, you know, he was one of us, technically. Right. Um, we picked I, we picked Capital. Um, and, you know, then we, uh, we went to Europe for, we went on tour for eight weeks and then broke up in Europe mm-hmm. in the Frankfurt airport. We were supposed to come home and sign, but, uh, uh. you know, so what thank was, God we didn't. At the time, <laughs> I, I don't even know the story. Like, why... Why did Texas break up? Like, uh, I think you definitely have to ask Norman and Scott and Chris that. Uh, they it was because you were too bossy, right? <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> you have done these interviews before. <laughs> um, I guarantee that it has something to do with it. I guarantee it. But you know, I mean, I don't think it's anything terribly dramatic. I think it's definitely the you know that same old bullshit. You know. Too much time in the van, too much time on the road. Stuff definitely played a huge part because that's literally all we did. Right. Um, number two, we were young. Number three, um, God bless Norman because he has a scope. You know, like that's how Norman. It was one of the things that, that instantly attracted me to to Norman's vibe was that he. He minced no words when it came to something that he was passionate about. Mm. And for me, um, maybe I just didn't get a real good taste of that until I met Norman. Um, a lot of people talk in Buffalo. People, uh, that's the, kind of a weird trait in Buffalo. A lot of people talk a lot in right. Buffalo. They don't do a lot. Okay. I mean, I'm not naming names or I'm not like zeroing in on even just the musical world or our bubble. It's a thing. Um, so I guess I, I, I grew up with a lot of that, a lot of, yeah, we're going to do this and yeah, let's do that. And sure. oh, I'm so going to do this next year and that kind of shit. But when Norman said something, he fucking did it. Right. And, um, you know, Norman had the scope of everything. He really did have it back then. You know, he might deny it, but I, I feel like he did have a, the, the grand scheme in mind. I don't think he had like, a, you know, a 20 year fucking reunion tour <laughs> sure. in his mind back then, but 
you know, like over the years we've talked about it. I, you know, I heard that there was a conversation in Europe uh, that I wasn't a part of. That you know, they the, the the three boys were just like, you know, we've kind of hit a peak here, and um, I don't remember what city it was or what show it was, but it was something to the effect of, is if, if this show is sold out and if this is a big show, if this is a, a kick-ass show, this is our last show. And they had that conversation without me. Um, sure enough, I think it was Bielefeld. I think it was in Bielefeld, Germany, which I'm playing in two months. It's very strange. <laughs> uh, we went to, yeah, we played the show. And then we drove to the Frankfurt airport. Yeah. <clears throat> and my girlfriend at the time had met up with us. And everybody else in the band was going back to New York. And I was taken off with her going somewhere. Paris, I think, for a week or something. And we split the money up, what little money there was, like right in the middle of the airport. Right. And I could tell something was weird. So I uh, I remember our sound guy, his name was Ma. Ma Rob from Berlin. <laughs> and he'll probably listen to this. Cool. <laughs> um, I gave him my guitar because uh, he'd been hounding me about it. This telly that somehow Sean Kennerly from Sam I Am ended up with weird very strange and the last <laughs> side story the last time sam am played new york where was it new york no it was when texas played grows rock sam i am was playing grows rock scoots and i were on the side of the stage watching sam i am had the guitar i'm watching I'm, I'm, we're, we're watching i didn't he sean was playing a sunburst telly with a bunch of duct tape all over it i didn't recognize it and then i somebody scoots bumps me he goes look to your left and I looked to my left, and there's my guitar case wow. with Texas stenciled on it. No and I forgot to ask him how he got it. I mean, that shows you how my brain works. <laughs> but uh, anyway, what was I talking about? We were talking about Texas breaking up oh, in yes. the airport. <laughs> he took my guitar. Uh, Ma, I gave my guitar to Ma. Everybody went home. I went to Paris. It was Paris. Um, and then somehow Norman got my hotel phone number and called me and told me the band was broken up. <laughs> yeah. And then... I proceeded to not talk to Norman for about two years. That's pretty. I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds a little sketch. Uh, I mean, well, it sounds odd to me just on first listen here how you could make the decision a band hit a peak without like the singer songwriter involved in that conversation. Because maybe, you know, you had some ideas for higher than this peak or something, you know? I mean, I, I can agree with that. But, and, you know, back then, it, it, mm. it, it <laughs> people only knew <laughs> back then it you know it, it's the slip and slide everyone is. there's a slip and slide with booby ladies all our, all our listeners are familiar with these chairs yeah. <laughs> you know like i said at the time i didn't appreciate it but you know over time i think a, a better decision couldn't have been made the, texas okay. wasn't built to last we were not built to last we we did not have an I don't know if we had another record in us. I honestly gotcha. don't know that. Um, we had the start of one with those two right. new slash old songs. We had the start of it, and uh, but I know I'm like I mean I don't know. I'm ninety nine percent sure that we would have in instantly imploded. We would not have lasted. Okay. I don't think we would have lasted on radio. I don't think we would, it would have made it to MTV. Our songs didn't really have choruses, you know. Some of them were the newer ones were seven minutes long. Right, right. You know, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, I'm I'm happy that it happened that way. I really am because it it <clears throat> it you know by osmosis or by default it it, it immediately put things into perspective. Mm. And I was like, okay, so it's time to do something different now. Yeah, and I could have wallowed in like the 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 freshman. Or the sophomore album slump, you know, we could have wallowed in that for sure. two years, and I kind of feel like that's what we maybe would have done. But you know, I guess nobody will ever fucking know. So no. did you move? Oh, sorry. No. Did you move on right away? Because I feel like for me, sometimes like I notice like I identify so much of who I am with what I'm doing. Like people are like, "How are you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm doing this and this and yeah. this." And even though Texas wasn't around for that long, it's such, it was such a big part of your life. Oh, you yeah. guys toured so much. I mean, was there a moment where you're like, "Wait, who who am I if I'm not no. this mm. thing?" No, yeah. I immediately I I had been friends with Drew. Thomas from Into Another. I'd been friend. I'd known him. He was another guy I met <laughs> who slept on my fucking floor in Buffalo. Uh, but 
you know, I, I'd, I'd actually been, I was living with Drew at the time. I'd, we had moved in together and uh, we had, uh, he was still, he, the in, Into Another was just on the tail end of ending. And, you know, I, you know the, the aftermath of the Texas breakup was just kind of starting to settle a little bit. And we were living together. And we we're like, oh, okay, so we can start a band now. So, you know, mm-hmm. the New Rising Suns started like immediately. Yeah. And yeah, then the, it was strange. The guy who was trying to sign Texas to Hollywood got hired at Virgin and then he signed us to Virgin and that, that's just a whole other fucking shit show story right. <laughs> I mean it's just classic major label shit show yeah you know we were up against you know Lenny Kravitz and Janet Jackson you know, just we were doomed from who the can go beginning. against Lenny nobody you know those sunglasses and those muscles <laughs> Jewish black rockers <laughs> yeah, dude, come that's on tough. that's a niche I mean, you know that, you can't there's no breaking into that niche I mean it's he <laughs> is he the one <laughs> he might be the one <laughs> he, might, he might still be just on the pedestal yeah. I don't know I mean Sammy Davis was was he was part Jewish wasn't he for I some think reason? so I think so or am I yeah. thinking of Rod Carew <laughs> I know he wasn't much of a singer, Rod Carew, <laughs> much much better hitter. <laughs> I have I have a nerdy drummer question. Okay, um, I'm a Chris Daly nerd. Okay, uh, you know everything: Resurrection, Texas, 108, Jets? then Jets. Like oh, yeah. like that guy to me is in my top five favorite drummers of all time. Yep. Um, and a lot of my style is definitely not just taken from him, but I can hear that. Specifically the Rev stuff. Yeah. Bands like Sensefield and Farside and Elliot, even later and and into another and Texas, like they to me they all played for the song. But one thing Chris did was that like he writes drum hooks. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And like and that's if there's anything like I never I never even really met the guy after all these years. Really? You know, I'm like this huge fan. I never really met the guy. And like but so much of what I do, it wasn't directly bitten, but just you listen to it so much and so much and you love something so yeah. much that it becomes yeah, part, part of, of what you do. Yeah. Now, like, how much of do you think, like, Texas's sound was, like, attributed to, like, the way he plays drums? 90%. Wow. Really? Easy. I mean, I, I've always... Daily, Daily ruined me. <laughs> You know, he absolutely, he's 100% ruined me. Um, I'll never, I've never played with a drummer like him. Um, and he, he taught me, not taught me, he directed me to the way that I interpret songs, like mm-hmm. songs that I'm a part of, songs that I'm writing, songs that I'm helping write. Like he daily showed me how to sing to the drums. I know mm. you get that. Sure. Um, and I, I've, I, it, that, that's just how I work now. And, you know, hopefully these other guys aren't listening, but it's a good reason I've ditched this record five or six times is because of the drums. Wow. Because it's just, they weren't there. And, Up to that standard yeah, that you have in he, your head now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, because Daly is just, he's just like, he's perfection. You know, I don't want to blow too much smoke up his ass. Sure. But, I mean, he just doesn't fuck around and... He's just the anchor. You know, he truly is the anchor. Yeah. I mean, he's hardcore's John he's hardcore's John Bonham. Who are we trying to kid here? You know, like he's got that loose, heavy, driving vibe. Mm-hmm. And on the last Texas reunion tour, he would always do a drum check. Um he'd always do um I can't remember the name of the Zeppelin song. I'm such a geek. Anyway, he would do the Zeppelin song. Communication it, breakdown. I wouldn't know it. I'd have to hear it. But, okay. you know, it involved the tambourine and the toms. But uh, And I'd hear it. <laughs> like, I'd hear it from, you know, backstage or from the catering or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, God damn, he's still fucking good. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's just he taught me how to sing to the drummer. And I think it's made me a, a better. So- it's made me a better songwriter. Like in my little in my in my pea brain, I'm a better songwriter because of what i think you know the music and the experiences i had playing with him sure um and just like the two songs that texas did the 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 the, the new old songs right i mean he literally tracked those in under two hours right i mean literally just and then the he machine. just jumped on a fucking jumped in his car and drove back to his family you know and the rest of us were just like wait where did he go like, <laughs> where, where oh he's done he's done. <laughs> yeah um now did you did you have that awareness of like what he was bringing at the time, or you had to step away from it to oh, like yeah. see what he did. Oh yeah, it's it was it was immediately apparent to me. Yeah, I mean it was, 
you know, those three guys, they're Norman Scott and, and Daly. They're just, you know, they're, they're powerhouse musicians. Sure. They, they truly, sure. truly are. And it, it, you know, it, it, I was blessed to be able to, I mean, like I said, I didn't play guitar when that band started. So it's like, I know how to play guitar because of, you know, mm-hmm. practicing in Long Valley, New Jersey in his right. parents' basement. You know, Pretty that's cool. where I learned how to play guitar. So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I think so many people over the years, when they talk to me about Texas, a lot of it's about Chris. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Very little about the words, very little about the lyrics. It's it's usually the other three who get all the props, which I mm-hmm. think is more than well-deserved. You know, because when I'm listening to records, yeah, the vocals are important, but I'm listening to the bass and drums. Right. You know? Like, that's that's my that's my world, you know, like what I listen to. Cool. That's cool. That, that makes me feel good to hear. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, because it's someone who, like... You know, it's hard to explain, you know, like how somebody who really like I take my influences seriously, you know what I mean? And I really like to make a point to pay like tribute to people because it's music, you know what I mean? And when you write music based on your own personal taste, you're bound to steal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's the beauty of music is is stealing creatively, you know what I mean? Changing things up and this and that. And like, you know, um, it's nice to hear someone that you modeled so much off of, like meant a lot to his band Fuck and yeah. meant a lot to people around. You yeah. know, it's cool. Yeah, Definitely he's, is. like you know, like he's ruined me. <laughs> Just you know, if I had the money, I you know, if I had the money and he didn't have you know a huge family that he's currently running, right. you know, I would have got his ass up to Buffalo to play on my record. But there's awesome. just, you know, there's... I must feel like that's a great goal for a drummer. <clears throat> is like, like you know, you don't want the cred. Well, you're not going to get the credit, so, like, so don't, don't even go for it, you know what I mean? But a cool thing is be like, I want to ruin every songwriter I ever play with it's, into, like, he's like into black, being like... He's the Black Widow of drummers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I uh, didn't know any of that, so that's kind of huge. Yeah. I mean, Stephen, you just got some knowledge dropped on you. Mm, dropped bit. right on your well, head. You, you hear a lot, you know, I mean, Norman, you know, alluded to a lot of things, but it's, uh, hearing, hearing that insight is very interesting. Yeah. So that was really fun. Uh, check out Garrett's, Garrett's stuff on Rise. Check out, check out Copper, Texas. I mean, check out all of his bands, but yeah, check out his new stuff because it's really great. Uh, single November 18th. Single November 18th. And check out us. Three days after my birthday. <laughs> So send your donations via PayPal going off track. Four <laughs> days after my sister's birthday. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing pretty well. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah. Seven days after my old girlfriend's birthday. Oh, and you still remember it. It's because it's 11-11. Ah, uh, what? Hard to oh, forget. yeah, that's right. That is a hard one to forget. What's mm. not hard to forget is we're located at goingofftrack.com. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, at goingofftrack. Uh, that segue didn't go off a cliff and kill anybody. <laughs> we're, also, we're also all on Twitter individually. Uh, so that's exciting. Or collectively. Or collectively. And if it's me on Twitter, <clears throat> I've signed up. And Brad I made has, a couple posts. Brad has made a couple posts. I better which is a look big step quickly every time we put Do out a podcast. Instagram? We don't have. We should have one. We should because yeah. we're so good looking. We would have gotten some cool pictures today. <laughs> I don't fucking oh, yeah. understand Instagram. Yeah, I, feel I don't so know. Old. I don't know. Do people really go to an Instagram page of a podcast though? Like people go to Instagram pages for fucking everything, and I don't I know, get it. I it's get, Twitter, I, but with pictures. But then there's Twitter where you can post pictures, and I don't understand it. And it's well, that's dumb. Twitter trying to catch up to Instagram. You can always post pictures. There's just a link, but now Twitter's twit pic shit stuff. You know, back in my day, let the me tell you about these pictures. Oh, back God. in my day, you could you could roll up the headphones on the back of your Walkman with the cassette, and you would spin a wheel. And the <laughs> headphones would be already connected. And you wouldn't have to worry about a jack. Headphones, <laughs> headphones. Uh, we you... had rock phones, and I don't mean rock music. <laughs> if you want to donate, uh, you can fax us <laughs> at one eight hundred going off track. Yes, you can fax us there, um, and we will add it. Donation on our abacus. Yes, and yeah. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, I feel like you know how to probably how to find. And if you stuff. and if and you, you know how to work a computer to download a podcast, and if you you're can find still a website. listening to the podcast, we love you. Yeah, yeah, dearly. Or if you're one of those who cuts it off at the end of the interview after forwarding past through the beginning, um, <laughs> suck it. We can if talk as long if as you want. Those people that free. <laughs> if you're one of those people that fast forwards anytime you hear me or Stephen or Brad's voice. <laughs> 
you're gonna hate this part. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks to Garrett. Check out his stuff. He's awesome. Bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.